Afterward, we visited the Vancouver Aquarium, the Capilano Suspension Bridge, and the Grouse Mountain Skyride. Then it was back to Seattle for a midnight flight to Pittsburgh and the drive back to our home in the unimaginatively named town of State College. Jamie was cool with getting ready for bed at the airport, even though this initially made no sense to him. He asked only for a glass of chocolate milk before he had to brush his teeth, and when I explained to him that most of the shops and stores in the Seattle-Tacoma airport were closed, he said, We should ask, and promptly stopped a person at random. Do you know where there is chocolate milk? I explained to Jamie that this somewhat nice man, he merely half-smiled at the question, did not work at the airport. We found a Starbucks shortly thereafter, and Jamie decided to wait on a bench near security while I got some water for me and some chocolate milk for him. I was being served just as they began to close up shop, at 10 p.m. I knew it would cause Jamie some distress to see his father trapped in Starbucks behind a metal grate, so I looked back, and sure enough, there he was, on his bench with his hands to his cheeks and his mouth open in the home-alone position. I gave him the thumbs up to let him know I could get out again, and came back in a minute or two with his freshly mixed chocolate milk. And yet, back then, Jamie could be a bit of a challenge as a traveling companion. He had learned much in the course of the previous year when I started taking him with me as I traveled for work, partly to give Janet a break from single-parent child care, and partly to get Jamie to become more adept as a traveler. He began our trip from Baltimore to Houston by nearly stepping off a curb at BWI into the path of an oncoming shuttle bus— The nearly part was me grabbing him by the shoulders. He could also still get into a little harmless mischief here and there. On our way up to Vancouver, he announced that we were running out of film. I assured him that he was quite wrong about this because I was sure that there were twelve exposures left on the disposable camera I had gotten for him. But when we sat down to lunch al fresco at a little restaurant across from the Capilano Bridge, I watched Jamie drinking his soda and said, "'You look so cool like that. Hold on, I'll take your picture.' whereupon I discovered that there was, in fact, no film left in the camera. "'We're running out,' Jamie said, just as he had noted an hour or two earlier. "'Ah, I see,' I replied. "'You mean that when we got into Canada and I left you in the car while I went to get Canadian dollars, you took all the pictures in the camera? And then you told me we were running out of film?' "'Yes,' Jamie said with a wry smile. "'Are you going to sigh?' "'Are you going to sigh?' so he was entirely aware of the fact that he had been a mischievous Ignatz. No, I sighed. We'll just get another camera, you mischievous Ignatz. But Jamie was relishing this. Say, oh, what am I going to do with you, he demanded. This is a line from the film version of Curious George, and 14-year-old Jamie found it appropriate at such moments. Yes, Jamie, that was a very Curious George thing to do, to use up all the film and take all the pictures in the car. What am I going to do with you? He grinned and rubbed his hands together. As we finished lunch, I told him we both had to go to the men's room before we went to the bridge, but Jamie didn't want me to go with him. He insisted instead that he would go into the restaurant alone and find the bathroom all by himself. I approved, reminding him to ask a server if he couldn't find it right away. I told him I would wait for the check. He came back in a few minutes, hands washed and everything, all set to go but the check still hadn't arrived, even though we were now only one of two parties in the place. Let's go, Jamie insisted. We're waiting for the check, I replied. Why? he asked. I don't know why, I said. Finally, our server arrived, and I had the credit card ready for her, and soon we were all paid up. I told Jamie to wait at the table while I went to the men's room. When I returned, Jamie was waiting very patiently. 
but he had a funny expression on his face, almost a half-smirk. My spider sense told me to check the check, and guess what? On the $23.51 bill, Jamie had written, just under my $30 figure, $90.51. I gave him a narrow-eyed, sidelong look. Say, I wish you wouldn't, Jamie said. Again, the deliberate, self-aware rascality. I wish you wouldn't, I dutifully replied. You cannot leave $90 on this check. It's too much money. Jamie grinned again. No, really, I said. Don't do that, please. It will make our server very confused, and besides, $30 is really enough. Jamie understands tipping. He just wasn't clear on the details. And over the next ten years, this turned into a serious consideration once Jamie got his own bank card, which he keeps in his wallet, of course, and began taking himself out to solo lunches in downtown State College. When we dropped off the rental car, I informed Jamie...